3: Yeah, we do. Hello, people. We're more beautiful
0: when we come together.
3: Yeah, we are.
0: We all be the same. So tell me why, tell me why we're divided.
4: Woke up today. Another headline. Another
0: innocent life is taken. In the name My of hatred. hatred. So hard to take. And if we think that it's all good Then we're mistaken Cause my heart is breaking Tell it Are you left, are you right Pointing fingers, taking sights When are we gonna realize We all bleed the same We're more beautiful When we come together Thank you for sharing we it We all bleed the same
3: Superhero, paramedic
0: So tell me why, tell me why we're dividing If we're gonna fight, let's fight for each other yeah the color of their skin. I'm whitey. Are you black? Black. Are you white? Yeah, I am.
3: With the only love. Oh, we were made, made to carry one another.
0: We were made for
3: more. Yeah, we were. Said hey, Steven. Only
0: love can drive out all the darkness. What are we fighting for? Yeah. Uh-huh. We were made to carry one another. We were made for more. Yeah, we were.
3: All right, hello. So that's uh, Mandisa's song. Yeah, it is. And I want to let you know that tonight we have a special episode because what we're doing tonight, and we haven't done this a lot actually, but we may, I figured tonight would be, I'm trying to get over to a different screen. <sighs> I figured tonight would be a good day to do a call-in show. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a phone number on your, on the screen. This is actually Zoom it's a zoom phone number i have my zoom account open i there is a waiting room so if you call into the phone number i will have to let you in and then and then you can call, then you can talk so you know if you call in with your phone number um it will show me that there's somebody in the waiting room and then i will i will tell you i'll say whatever your number is i won't say the whole number i'll just say for the the, the ending numbers i think the black and white was better yeah. yeah, I think it was more obvious. <laughs> right. I'm producing from behind the scenes. Anyway, yeah, the yellow is a little too, blends in with me too much. But anyway, and so, you know, this week, uh, well, the last couple of months, really, um, the media has done a good number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> on 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 the world really and um you know you got the old black liberation theology folk out there prancing and dancing in the streets because of this this whole thing with George Floyd and and you have people making a mountain out of a molehill in some cases and then you have other people who don't completely even understand the issue which would some people would put me in that camp as i've been told this week that i need need to change my wicked heart By a black woman actually told me that. Um, Anyway, and so being the open-minded, tolerant individual that I am, and you know I am, (laughs) I don't get offended very easily. I mean, it really takes a lot for me to get highly offended at anything. I am humored more than anything when people get bent out of shape about stuff. But the idea of racism in America... And what the media narrative is right now is just, um, it's crazy. I don't know if it's just because I just generally love people in general. And I can listen to an alternate point of view and not get ticked off and want to go kill somebody. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I saw that, Stephen. Yeah, I did. You should call in, actually. Uh, once once Randall gets to the phone number. Mm-hmm. Plastered on the screen. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know what it is with, with some people. But what I can tell you is that hopefully, well, let me tell you. Okay. Let me tell you my experience. Okay. So I have done this show for 16 years. And probably of the 16 years, probably 10 or 11 or 12 of it has been live streaming where people could call in and interact with me. Okay. I have had so many people call in from like the homosexual community as an example, and initially want to bash me and end up at the end of the call saying, Oh, you know what? You're really super cool. You're not like what I thought you were. I'm going to keep listening to your show. Um, unless it's somebody who's just like a flat out like hater and they, they just want to fight for hating's sake, you know, for the sake of hating. Um, so I, I think that, um, Anybody who really wants to have an honest and open dialogue about this issue, if you want to call in and leave your comment and verbalize your comment, then we have a phone number there. You can call the phone number, and I will let you in our chat room. The only thing that I request is that you don't use the F word or swear on this show, because this is a Bible news radio show. This is a Christian show, and if you can't be mature enough to call in without using bad vulgar language or attacking me as the host just because I have the show, then, you know, go somewhere else and play with yourself, you know. I mean, you don't have to be, you know, stupid. You, could, you can, intelligent people can give an intelligent response, you know. Intelligent people talk about ideas. They don't attack other people. Okay, I mean, that's that's the bottom line. And that's what this is. It's an idea. So I will start. I'm going to start by sharing with you. I actually didn't bring this up. Um, I didn't let Randall see it. But, you know, earlier this week, I had the opportunity to um, watch a video that Dennis Prager was in, uh, who is Jewish and conservative. And I also, uh, Doctor, was Robbie Zacharias a doctor? I can't remember. But anyway, uh, the, um, the recently deceased Robbie Zacharias was also in this video I watched on YouTube. It was about a nine-minute video, and if you want to see it, all you got to do is just Google. Um, <laughs> yeah, is, is just Google Robbie Zacharias and racism, and this video will come up with Dennis Prager and, and Robbie in there, okay? and And one of the things Dennis talks about, in that video, and I don't know why I'm not seeing you, Stephen. That's so weird. I've, am I following you? It says I'm following, but I'm not seeing you as a as a little face. There I am. Okay. Anyway, so Dennis goes on to discuss about how America is the is one of the most we are the freest country in the world, and <laughs> good. I'll let you on, Stephen. I would love your opinion, actually. So call the phone number. I'll let you in in a second. So Dennis talks about how America is the nation on Earth that treats black people the best. Okay? And he has a basis in history for that. And he says some things, and I, there was a quote. There was part of it. I can't remember. I should have written it down. But basically, he talks about how how black people from other countries come over. To America because why why do people okay first of all why do people come to America it's because the other countries that they're living in usually are oppressing them or abusing them or torturing them or, or hurting them in some way and they don't have the freedom in those countries that they do here in America right uh, we, we are the land of opportunity a genuine free land of opportunity. (laughs) Oprah Winfrey is a black woman. I know. Hard to believe, huh? (gasps) No. She's, she's a black woman who started from the bottom and she's a billionaire now. Okay. I know our society oppressed her and everything, right? No, that's a load of crap. If I ever heard it, she's a, she's a billionaire. Okay. She's like one of the richest women in the world, by the way, self-made. No other country Oprah went to would she be able to get that type of of notoriety. That opportunity would not have been given to her. Anyway, so Dennis Prager goes on. He he basically talks about this. And what he does is he talks about how racism isn't a skin color issue, like the Black Lives Matter people would tell you. It's a morality issue. And it really, truly is a morality issue. And you know what I'm going to tell you is if you look at the book of Jonah... In the Old Testament. The underlying issue in the book of Jonah is that Jonah was told by God, and Jonah was Jewish, he was told by God, go to the Ninevites and preach to them, and this isn't my, you know, paraphrased version, preach to them and tell them that I am going to come and destroy them unless they all repent. Well, you know what? Jonah was like, I don't think so. I'm out of here. He jumps. He jumps on a boat. He goes the opposite direction. God tells him to go, but why? Why did he do it? Does the Bible explicitly say why he why he did that? It actually doesn't. But if you understand the Bible in the context in which it's written, and you understand who the Ninevites were, and you understand who Jonah was, then you would understand that the underlying reason was racism, because the Jews were not friends of the Ninevites. So, Jonah fleas and while they're on the boat and they're having this big issue with the storm the guys on the boat are like noticing that jonah is down below on the lower decks taking a nap <laughs> it's kind of funny too because jesus did the same thing he actually was on a boat during a storm taking a nap and the disciples were like hey what the heck but that's a story for another day anyway the guys on the boat, they go down there and they wake him up and they say, what the heck? Who is your God? And Jonah basically says, well, this is because of me, more or less. So, you know, you should go, you, you should basically throw me overboard. Jonah's suggestion, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, and so they do. They go ahead, they throw Jonah overboard. Notice Jonah was too afraid to jump overboard himself. He actually requested to be thrown overboard. <laughs> You gotta love Jonah. Anyway. So so Jonah ends up in the belly of a big fish that God appointed to eat him up, right? He dies while he's in the big fish. Eventually he's barfed up on land and revived. He basically comes back to life as a result, thereby pointing to the future resurrection of Jesus Christ. The sign of Jonah is the sign of resurrection. That's a, another parallel thing. But anyway, so Jonah, he goes, he preaches to the Ninevites, has the, the greatest revival in the history of the world. The whole nation repents from the king down. The king, king gives the orders downward, says, hey, everybody in this nation, cover yourself in sackcloth and ashes, including the animals and don't eat. We're, we're gonna repent. And sure enough, they do it. And then God relents, and he decides not to destroy Nineveh. Well, Jonah, because he was a racist, got really ticked off that God did that. And he even complains, the reason, one of the reasons he didn't want to talk to the Ninevites was because he knew that God is long-suffering and gracious and kind, and that, you know, if the Ninevites had repented, then basically Jonah was going to have to deal with it, you know. <laughs> but he has probably the greatest conversion in the history of the world as far as being leading a revival, and Jonah's ticked off about it. At the end, Jonah is mad, and he goes and he sits down, and he sulks and basically says, I want to die! I want to die! The Ninevites repented, and I want to die! I hate this! This is the great part about Jonah. I mean, I love Jonah because he's so honest. Kind of a little bit of a butthead, but he was honest. So God, being merciful, gracious, and kind, decides to grow a plant over Jonah overnight. So that's pretty cool. So boom, the plant goes. It's raised over Jonah. It gives Jonah some shade and a little bit of relief from the sun. And Jonah is happy. Yeah, he is. He's totally happy. He's enjoying the plant because the plant is giving him some relief. Well, then the Bible says that God appointed a worm to eat the plant. And you know what? Hey, Nat, the worm started eating the plant. And next thing you know, the plant is no longer there to comfort Jonah. And then Jonah gets really ticked off. Yeah, he does. He gets ticked off at the fact that the plant dies. And God rebukes him. And basically says, why are you so, you know, you are so happy about this plant, you know, and now you're mad that the plant is dead, but you can't rejoice basically that all these people repented and, 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 you know, did not perish. You know, shouldn't you care more about those people, Jonah, than you do the plant? And there are so many layers here that you can even tie this into, um, Our culture today where you got the earth worshipers and you got, you know, all the environmentalist people who are like, oh, the universe, blah, blah, blah. And they could give her, I'm not going to say that. They could care less (laughs) about the salvation of people's souls. Okay. All they care about is like, let's worship the universe or the environment, blah, 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 blah. And God basically tells Jonah in the end, you know what, kid, you need to knock it off. Because that's not what I'm about. I am a God who is gracious and slow to anger, full of love and mercy and compassion. And You got to deal with it. And the book ends. There's silence. Well, a hundred years passes, give or take. And then the prophet Nahum writes about the destruction of Nineveh. Because even though God relented against Nineveh, which was a very, very wicked, 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 wicked place, Ninev- the Ninevites fell into their old ways. And Nahum came in and he condemned and pronounced judgment on Nineveh and what happened. You know, so if he, if God can do that in the Old Testament... And makes a lesson out of that. But how much more? What is the lesson of Jonah? What is the lesson of Nahum? The lesson is that God is slow to anger (laughs) and abounding in love and kindness. And he desires all to come to repentance. You know, and part of that repentance is being able to lay aside your prejudice and lay aside your bias and realize that this human life isn't about you or me. It's about Christ and what he did for us. You know, he told us as his disciples to go therefore to love our enemies, to bless those who spitefully use us and to persecute us. Hard sayings. He also talked about, you know, it's, what is it to, to you to love somebody who, you know, loves you back? Or what is it to you to give to somebody who you know you're going to get something in return from? Isn't it better to bless those who, who you know, who can't give back to you? You know, so racism is a morality issue. There are people who are every nation in creed who've committed crimes. There are people every nation in creed who love unconditionally and serve and bless people. We know who those those people are because they're counted as our heroes and our examples in our in our culture. But it's the people who want to create the division that just whip up this stuff. And you know what? I'm here to declare that the media of today... The liberal media, the bot media, the secular media, I won't even say liberal, I'll say the secular media of today, their design is that if it bleeds, it leads. If it bleeds, it leads. And here's the thing, if it bleeds, it leads. My computer just froze. That's what they're going to put out. They're going to put up the most gory thing ever And Satan. God, Jesus said Satan is the prince of the power of the air. What is Satan's role? If it isn't to deceive not to kill. It's, it's to kill, steal, and destroy. Is the fruit of what you're seeing on your TV when they're talking about this issue, love, harmony, peace, and actual real justice? Hell no. What you see, the fruit of what the media is teaching you is go out, riot, to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the underlying thing that the media is telling you to do. That's the fruit. And that, frankly, should tell you who's behind it. You know what I'm saying? just saying okay for some reason <laughs> my zoom room just froze bareface. so what we want to do anyway so that's my my thing okay um did it actually just close on me okay i'm gonna try to see here okay so i really would like you guys to weigh in i have a call-in number and the meeting id number that's going to be hard for people to separate out. You should put spaces in t- between it.
2: Uh, the num, the digits of the meeting number? Yeah,
3: so the meeting number, you can Like act- every
2: three or...
3: I wouldn't even put that up. People can just call in.
2: No, they can't. They can't? I don't think so. If you just call that number, it's going to prompt you for the meeting number.
3: Will it? Okay. All right. Somebody's just going to have to call in then. Okay. Yeah,
2: they, just, they can't dole out uh, a unique number for every meeting.
3: Oh. All right, so... The number is on the screen. So I want you to call in. I want you to weigh in on what you think's been going on in this situation. Okay? Because I'm I'm a listener. I want to hear what you have to say. And I know most of you aren't going to attack me anyway. But, you know, and you, a lot of you guys see things that I don't see. I don't watch TV. So, you know, when somebody says, look at what you did. Don't you know what's going on in the world? I'm like, no, I read the newspaper, the headlines and stuff like that. That's what I look at. I am not sitting in front of a television 24-7 with the news on. You know why? Because it's depressing. And it's a lot of lies. And it just, it's so, I mean, I can't be a happy person and sit and watch TV. Just saying. I went and played two hours of pickleball today. I had a good old time. (laughs) I'd rather go play pickleball than watch the news that's designed to scare me and depress me and all that. I don't want to watch that stuff. And that's, and God doesn't want me to watch it. Cause that's what his word says. His word says, you know, to dwell on those things that are good and upright, lovely and just and true, you know? So just saying, that's, that's what I'm doing. So the phone is open. The phone lines are open. I would love for you to call in and do that. I don't know if anybody's going to be brave enough to you, but it's just me people. Um, and Randall, do you have any comments or questions? that based on what I said or, 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 or what? Cause then, th- then here's the other thing I want to talk about. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, my friend, um, Stephen Wood, who's a magician, he came on my show and he recently set up a campaign. It's called the Be More Kind campaign. Um, and he's giving away these buttons for free. Okay. It's a, it's a button, a regular button it's a pretty good size one too it's a big one. you can see how big my hand is it's it's not a little one it's a big one and we are giving these absolutely you know Stephen is giving these away free to anybody um who will get in touch with him about it um, but but there is one stipulation so when you get your button, all you have to do is you have to um take a picture of yourself wearing it and Go and stand in front of a grocery store because this is where this was born. Um, he was he was at a grocery store, and and the guy at the checkout, I, I think it was, said that you you have to. Um, he basically asked if people were nicer or meaner during this COVID time, and and my card's downstairs that Steve wrote on, but whatever. And basically, the guy said people need to be be more kind, right? And So if you want to be part of this little movement, be more kind, and you want a button, then Stephen told me that you need to email him. And you can email him at his name, Stephen Wood at magicandbeyond.com. Yeah, there we go. Just screenshot the, the screen and then you can get a free button from him like this. But you have to take a picture of yourself And then post it on the Be More Kind Facebook page. Which, by the way, if you just go, if you search Be More Kind, then you can like the Facebook page and you can also get your button and then you can take a picture and all that. And I'm going to go and do this later. But I want to tell you, this is absolutely free. It's a very cool button. Um, And you can, like I said, just email Stephen at Wood. At magicandbeyond.com and Stephen, for those listening to the audio, is spelled S T E P H E N wood W O O D.com. So Stephen Wood at magicandbeyond.com. Okay, so you can do that. All right, well, so far we don't have any takers. Coming to be on the air with us, which really surprises me, given how vocal my Facebook page was earlier this week. Um, but we're gonna keep well, that up. Do you want to say something, Randall?
2: Well, it's not a very. Um,
3: yeah, it's kind of hard. But you guys can just, you know, screenshot that. Get a pen and write it down. Yeah, it's
2: not a very easy way, but yeah, the, the determined will get through. Yeah. Um, you you know, have b- to be
3: determined to get through to our show. You know, back in the <laughs>
2: back in the day, we had an eight hundred number when we we're. When we were audio only on Blog Talk Radio, and yeah. so this is the kind of spur of the moment. Well, how can we open up a phone line to, and uh, you know, something that's web based, so that we can, yeah, get it into it's all a this harder. feed. So, but for the future, we'll think about better ways of doing it. But this is just—I'm going to call in cup.
3: though. I'm going to decide. I'm going to call in just for fun to see if how if you do need to do uh, that.
2: I'm sure that you do. They're not going to.
3: Uh, I'm just gonna call just for fun, and we'll see. Just keep that phone number up so I can call. It's oh. 312-626-6799. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna call and see what happens. I'm gonna put this on speaker. Welcome
0: to Zoom. Enter your meeting ID
3: followed by pound. Okay, yeah. So you do have to enter that meeting ID number followed by pound in order to get in. You
0: have not entered any numbers. I know.
3: Okay, and don't worry. I just wanna make sure it's working. Four five nine ninety-three pound. Okay, let me see what lets me in. So make sure it's working. Your ID by pound. Otherwise just press pound to continue. Okay, well I did. You are in the meeting now. There are
0: two participants in the meeting. You have been put on hold by the host. Ah,
3: there we go. See? Okay, so yeah, so then it tells you before. okay. And then you get waiting music. So that's that's what happens people if you do it. Okay. Now I'm hanging up. I don't need to call myself. Okay, anyway. <laughs>
2: I don't know if you wanted to practice and get some
3: What? Pretend like I'm an irate person calling in.
2: <laughs> but you hung up, alright. All right.
3: <laughs> all right. Well, we are not inflammatory enough, so okay. All right. Well, then, while we're waiting for somebody to call in, if you care to, apparently, yeah, this is an amazing part, you know. Seriously, those of you who are super vocal on my Facebook page, Natasha, why don't you call in, huh? Sean, you always have something to say, Mr. Snarky Face. Why don't you call in? Yeah, somebody, you guys got to call in. Okay, got to call in because you know, either that or. Just imagine if you were me, how would you feel right now? Wouldn't you feel sad that nobody called into your show? <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, so yeah. It doesn't <laughs> It's like today <laughs> Go ahead, what are you laughing about? I was
2: thinking, well you're not Davey five oh four, that's for sure. I'm not what? Davey five oh four. Who's that? he's an italian bass player that has a youtube channel with like
3: five million people yeah
2: and uh but he's very very straight bass very deadpan
3: okay sean is calling in see there all right okay wait sean better be nice no swearing buddy all right so sean's gonna call in and sean is libertarian right okay so i'm gonna see i'm gonna let sean in okay
2: and let me know when you're ready to do that because okay. I need to bring the audio in.
3: All right. He's unmuted, so go ahead. Bring the audio in. All right. Okay. Too bad we don't have a picture of Sean to put up on the screen. Yep, you, you can use the picture of El- Elmo. Good. Okay. All right, Sean, are you there?
4: Can you hear me? Yeah,
3: we can. Why don't you say what city you're calling in from, what color you are, and um, and then,
4: <laughs> you know. Let tell us. See.
3: Tell us exactly what it is that you want to say.
4: Well, that <laughs> the battle is getting through here. I don't even know where to where to begin. Um,
3: that number is I'm kind from
4: of big on. I'm from Chicago, I'm Caucasian, and uh, my, my wife happens to be African American. Just you. for uh, footnotes.
3: <laughs> That's important.
4: Yeah. Speed. And, um, well, I would just say what what do you want to ask me? I have an answer for everything. I missed the very beginning of the show. What? what, what would you want to ask me? So
3: the thing is is you missed the beginning of the show, really? You know it's on it every night at seven o'clock. you picked the time. True. I could have swore you picked the time. Sometimes it's 659. Okay. All right. So based on all the stuff that's been going on in recent weeks with the George Floyd thing and the racism issue that's been brought up, what's your perspective on it? That's all I want to know. And you live in Chicago, right? So.
4: Right. Right. Well, as I said, the, uh, the, all right, to start off, it was a uh, overuse of force and I would, I would classify what I saw was uh, a merciless murder of an individual. Right. Uh, that was done. That that that's clear-cut. Um, as far as uh, if people bring up debates, where people are saying, "Well, George Floyd was going from one story was there in Minnesota because he was preaching the word and having Bible studies in the neighborhood," that that's up for debate. The, that that being, that's not the point. Nobody deserves to die, whether he was the worst of a you know a, a public nuisance to say the nicest thing, right. or he was a nice guy. Nobody deserved to be treated tr- you know treated like that. And he was not resisting arrest. He you know he was walked across the street and he went along with it. He was kept asking why am I being arrested and everything. And uh, you know and. As, as I said, if he was on any type of drugs and not not together, uh, they felt they needed to restrain him so he wouldn't hurt himself. But that type of restraint is clearly was uh, above and beyond that, what was needed uh, in the situation. And as far as the response to it, uh, the death, it, it, this was an opportunity for, for the anarchist to exploit and in a coordinated effort, because a lot of the stuff was coordinated as far as in Chicago, we had like um, uh, 10 small shopping plazas like you have in the neighborhood where you'd have like five or six doors or seven, uh, you know, just your little shopping plaza. And they would just clear out all over the South side and the West side and primarily African-American neighborhoods. Nobody touched the North side of the Spanish community Uh, and they just cleaned out the shops. They had the equipment and broke it all, you know, broke the doors right off the hinges, went in and looted, had trucks lined up, U-Haul trucks. And the news was covering it, you know, and they were just all lined up going in there, clearing out, stuffing up the vans, the U-Hauls, the SUVs, and then lighting the places on fire when they go. And, uh, but this was so, Organized because everybody was downtown trying to uh, save the uh, the stores downtown where a few of them got bashed and smashed, too. And the police were out uh, fighting there, but so they kept them distracted on one end. So there's more to it than just people were upset about George Floyd, uh, the situation. And uh, so, as I said, the, the other thing I want to say is when it comes to police. The thing. when it comes to policing uh, sometimes the initial response can be um, with uh, whether it's uh, Caucasian, Black or other races uh, if George Floyd was white there's a strong chance that that cop might have not leaned on him as hard or restrained but I think there was a A sense of hey this this guy's been in trouble before this guy's been a nuisance in the neighborhood it's like oh you again we're gonna you know take take you away but he lost perspective on the fact that he's still a person still a soul and uh, still needed to be treated with enough dignity uh even though uh you know he's Maybe was a public nuisance of the neighborhood, so that's my opinion. Show audience.
3: Yeah, that was good. You, <laughs> you did great. Give him okay. some applause. This is the deaf sign for applause, people. In case you didn't know that, we do this in all our network meetings.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: True story. All right, and you know what? I, you know, I haven't weighed in mostly on the George Floyd thing on purpose because I honestly I've been watching so much other stuff. But what I will say, obviously. You know, if there are cops that go over the line. That guy definitely did. Okay, I mean, right, if, right. And it happens though other ways too. Okay, so black cops have also gone over the line. And I will tell you something. This was an interesting fun fact. Here, in, right. here in Spring Hill, and I think I talked about this on a show the other day. Um, there was a protest. Black Lives Matters came in to Spring Hill, Little Spring Hill. They targeted mm-hmm. us. Yeah, they did. They scared my neighborhood, okay? Fortunately, it was peaceful, but there was a guy at at, yes. the protest, mm-hmm. a yep. black a black guy at the protest who said, he said his name, and I can't remember what it is, I'd have to go back and watch the video, but he said his name, he said he was a retired uh, cop, he was a, I guess, no longer on the cop force. I looked the guy up, and it turns Very out that he was a black cop that assaulted a white guy. Wow, and, and so he got his badge removed, even though he was acquitted in the trial, so I kind of thought that was interesting and it and I believe he was from Ohio, and yet here right. he is he was marching here in Spring Hill. he obviously didn't live in our area um you know, but of course, the media that was covering it they said nothing, of course they, they right. why would they want to go
0: and this, look at the
4: this guy bias and this is what nobody wants to cover There's nobody does biased and there's there's racial tendencies on both sides of the aisle. I I I uh when I moved to Chicago um in the neighborhood on Saturday, I went to regularly before my uh spinal uh situation got much worse I used to go every Saturday morning to this men's uh, Bible study and I was the only you know, Caucasian there. And uh, because it's just right near the neighborhood, and my father-in-law went to this church. And uh so on Saturday I went there and they said, you oh, know, come on in and you know, have some coffee and discuss, have a Bible study. The person did the Bible study it was good. But at first everybody was on pins and needles, like, what you know, what are you about? They assumed first of all, I was Republican, they assumed. Um And he's, you know, not, uh, he's not a Republican. lot of things, misconceptions that I'm, we that you know that weren't true. You know, it's uh, it's like with my wife. Sometimes they they assume she's uh, uh, a Democrat, but she's she's not. She's independent. She's more more uh, conservative than um, than that. But she rejects the Democratic Party altogether. But they you, we can make these assumptions about one another. But what it, what I learned from that time. Is it takes time, week after week, chilling out when people feel relaxed. Okay, you're not this, you're not that, or I could say, hey, things aren't this way or that way either. And everybody in uh, you know, in the African American neighborhood are all shooting each other and thugs which can be a perception you can get if you only listen to see the rap mu- music glorified mm-hmm. and you hear people, even white people, who've never been in the neighborhood. They just see the news. Gee, there's 15, 20 murders, uh, yeah. sometimes even 30 murders over the weekend. Oh, no, they're just shooting each other up. It's not quite like that. It's bad. But there's a lot of people there. That want change they don't know how to change they can't trust the republican and they also know the democratic party hasn't been helping them either right but they're kind of like in a paralyzed state like gee where where can we go what are we supposed to do and everything i you know i came in from my angle of the libertarian and uh, you know they listened to me and i was like uh you know thanks for your comments. you know <laughs> but,
3: okay so i i have, <laughs> a, I have a question I for comfortable. you comfortable yeah. Okay. And huh? I have a, I have an honest question. I mean, a serious sure. question. And I'm curious about sure. this because many yes. years ago, the Lord used this couple named Beth and Abe uh, when I was just a little girl. And um, I wasn't even a Christian yet. I remember this couple. They lived in the apartment complex that we lived in. And there was four sides, four apartments this way, four apartments this way. And um, one night I, I was walking through and, and Beth and Abe were in their apartment and they said, Hey, we're doing a little Bible study. Do you want to come in and hear it? And, um, yeah. I was like, really? And I was, I don't know what the Bible is, but yeah, I'll come in. I remember going into their little apartment, sitting down on the floor and they did some type of Bible study. Well, Beth was white and Abe was black. And right. back in the, um, this had to be the seventies. That was, I mean, that was unheard of that you would see an inter, a mixed couple. So here you are, yeah. you're, you're married to a, a black woman. What yeah. what has it been like for you, an Italian, to be married to a black woman?
4: Um, even as I said, the, you know, we did, we, since we sort of knew each other as friends before, uh, from a, from a Bible study in, um. Boston
0: uh-huh.
4: in the area Medford to be exact a suburb uh, we got to know each other we just, we just she didn't see me as uh, person even though she recognizes yeah I'm white and yeah I recognize she's you know black uh, we we just we disassociated on with each other on who we are as uh, people and it wasn't a, never an issue of is it a black white uh, or a white thing. We understand the perceptions. We understood the second looks you get from people, and I really just didn't care. Let them look. She was like, "Let them look," and it was kind of like it was like a non-discussion thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like uh, any fear aspect. Oh, where can we go tonight? Can we go here? Can we go there? We can go there. Uh, you know, generally speaking, we can go anywhere. Uh, You know, as uh, as I say, this is in the '90s. You know, mid '90s. We got married in '96, and uh, 1995, July 4th, that was our first date. But so it was kind of like at that point, I just felt comfortable in Boston. Uh, That wasn't a a worry or a uh, you know or a concern. You know, yeah. With us, we were content in ourselves first and content uh, with each other for, for who we were.
3: Okay, so basically you're just affirming what I tried to explain at the beginning of the show is that racism racism is isn't a skin color issue it's a morality issue.
4: right it all it, it roots by, it's part of a fruit of the orig- of original sin. It's right. the tendency sin nature that can can crop up. It it might it, you know it you know, as I say things can crop up like if you get it's God forbid some people who seem like the nicest people in the world to each other I remember this one guy cut somebody off and it was a different race and he got into a big talk and then it ended up you know it was too, so easy he took the the race card and and uh, said something to him you know sure and and then that that just wow and he was shocked he said that to them we never saw that side of him when they got angry and he did apologize to the person and and everything after you know i don't know how well he accepted the apology but he said he was out of order Uh
0: and
4: but it can grip you for a moment and it's all these you know pre preconceived notions as i say when i grew up we had a little african-american neighborhood in the corner of medford and uh i used to say there was one family in south Medford where i lived so i asked my father i said how, how come we only have one person in medford and they said oh that family's okay he's a good sports player okay so the stereotype then,
3: there yeah
4: yeah so i mean this is the thinking but as i said most people and uh, the, they, they have this section of the city, and they've been there for, uh, you know, 100 years you know. and everything. And, uh, you yeah. know, in that, uh, in, in that section, and, and there was a presupposition, all right, we have our side of town, they have their area, and everybody's happy. You know, yeah. but that, you know, this is where my opinion is, it's, hey, wait a minute, this is America, and you should be free, whoever you are white black or whatever to go wherever you're you're free to go if you're not out to hurt anybody and that that's that's the goal that's what we want to see
3: yeah i you know i remember growing up I, I was born in upstate new york and there was one black guy in the whole in the whole town i was in and um you know people of my dad's age my dad's 91 almost 92 you know, he yeah. re- he refers to um, black people as colored. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. seriously, Dad? Yeah, you know, I mean, I grew up in California amongst numerous, I mean, pretty much every race you can find is in California. When I moved to the South, I definitely saw the racism here, uh, the prejudice, rather. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I get it. But, I mean, I don't get it, but I I. I get what people say, what they say. Um,
4: well, want, it's, it's to okay to be, be proud of your, your culture. to take our You know? Yeah. Yeah, everybody, it's okay for everybody to be proud of their uh, culture. If you're, you're African American, that's, that's great. And it's okay to be white, too. It is. What's happening? <gasps> yeah. But no, but this is the other thing that's happened to the other extreme where people white people they saw the horror of what happened with the co- the police officer and then they got it they got this, that gee maybe things aren't as see, utopian I don't, I don't as they thought huh? but Go see I,
3: I don't see that i see that when i when i see something like that i'm not seeing racism i'm seeing a jerk i'm seeing a butthead who who okay. is you know police brutality one idiot human being to another i mean because how do I say this without it sounding like racist comment? It's not meant to be, cause it's really not actually. It has nothing to do with race. If George Floyd hadn't been breaking the law in the first place, he wouldn't have had somebody come after him. He wouldn't have had the cops called on him. Okay. And that but is where, point, wait, point. wait, let me finish. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Now I know somebody's saying, well, it's black, you know, he's black. If he, you know, was just in his car, he would have been pulled over. That's possible. But in this particular case, he passed a fake $20 bill and supposedly i mean if you believe that if you believe the whole story right you know so he committed but, a moral crime where you know right. he was had somebody called the police on him and that police officer was just as bad as he was
4: and anyway, the point i think the point wants to being say i'm looking at the whole situation and it's just my it's my opinion uh there were two african-american officers there there was one person of um japanese of china you know Chinese uh, background. And he the, the main officer was happened to be the uh, white guy, man, and who was there for 19 years. And he was, these other two people were just on the two of the cops were just on the force live duty for four days. And I believe he was just showing him, hey, th- this is how it's done. <laughs> oh. And he got out of hand showing this is how we do an arrest this is uh, how it's done on the street and i again i think if he was white this is my opinion if it was a white person even a white uh uh, criminal or a troublemaker in the in the area or not doing breaking the law he would have lived that's my opinion
3: yeah i hope so yeah i mean yeah Okay, I think, Randall, Randall, you want to say something? Plus, we need to play our, our break. We need to play Connie's.
4: Yeah, I, I have to head out, too.
3: Okay. Well, thank now. you, Sean, for making the show better now that you called in. Maybe somebody else will call in.
4: Okay. <laughs> no problem. You take care.
3: And wait, let me ask you this. Do you like this format? Yep. Do you like, you know, calling in, being able to call in?
4: It's depending on the, the subject and, and everything, I, I don't mind. I think it's uh, helpful uh it's good to get a fresh perspective i think i have something uh productive to say i'll say it i just so this was a opportunity so uh, this, I will, this, this is fine
3: i will say sean is one of our pillars of the communities he ha- he helps support us so i appreciate that as well that you love us enough to give us the money that's helpful
4: oh that's supposed to be a secret do you
3: like your network neck warmers that i made you just curious
4: <laughs> oh, uh, they're great. My wife enjoyed them.
3: Nice Your wife them? did okay.
4: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, you
3: can tell me more later because I'm because those are the first ones I ever made and sold.
4: Yeah, they were they were fine. My wife enjoy, enjoyed them. <laughs> Likes them.
3: Okay. All right, Randall, oh. tell me to stop it. Okay. All right, Sean, thanks right. for calling in.
4: All right. Take care, guys. Okay. Bye bye.
3: Bye. Okay. So, um, obviously somebody uh, else can call in. I'm not sure how to get rid of Sean. How, did, how do I get rid of him? I can, how do I, I can at least mute you.
2: You're the meeting host. I mean,
3: he's got to just hang up. I can't kick him off. I can mute him though. Don't say anything, Sean. Just <laughs> well, go away. On hang up. Side, so
2: huh? i muted on this.
3: Oh, I muted him on the screen. Okay. Anyway, um, Yes, we're going to play our sponsor, <laughs> our limited sponsor.
2: Yeah, we can do that. Okay. All right. But uh, did you
3: did you have a thought or anything?
2: Well, you know, whatever the whether <laughs> you know whether someone commits a crime or not, the whole thing with the Eighth Amendment, you know, in the Bill of Rights, is to you know is against excessive bail or cruel or unusual punishment. You know, just this this you know because coming from the monarchies of europe where you know hey you're a criminal anything goes um and then our founders you know they i believe they understood the scriptures that talk about an eye for an eye or tooth to tooth you know you know uh burn for burn whatever and that's that's not a retaliation thing Ooh, you took my i gotta take i have to take her out uh, you know, in context, it's about limiting retaliation, that it can't be, you know, in a world, in a world,
3: in a world, in a world.
2: <laughs> you know, even there in the Middle East. and That's even,
3: funny to us, not you, but yeah, maybe later.
2: <laughs> I know. E- even, even, you know, in the Middle East then and even now to some extent, you know, there's this disproportional retribution. You know, you insulted my sister, I have to destroy your family kind of thing. And so the the Mosaic Law was really revolutionary in his time, however, what, uh, mm. gosh, 3,400 years ago or whatever, and that it put that lim- those limits in. You know, an eye, someone takes an eye, the most you can do when retribution is take an eye. Um, you know, tooth, tooth, you know, someone knocks your tooth out, then that person ought to pay a tooth and nothing more. Anyway, that that influenced, I believe, the eighth amendment of the US Constitution about no excessive bail or accrual unusual punishment. So in this country, I don't care if a person's a criminal, whoever they are, you know, there's even an arrest, let alone there it can't be disproportional. Anyway, back to you. Back to me. Yeah.
3: (laughs) That's funny. Okay, so uh I want to let you know that you can donate to Bible News Radio uh, by going to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. Uh, if you like our show, you want to sponsor it, become a pillar of the community like Sean is, even though it's a secret, uh, <laughs> then um, you can join the other couple of people that do that. That will help us out. Do you know that it costs me at least $500 a month to... uh keep this going this this show just to pay for the basic expenses of this show i know most people don't know that do you know that we don't even bring that in every month with the people that support our show um we would love to i would love to be able to make this my full-time job um so if you're blessed please donate also another way you can donate is uh by becoming a member of legal shield or identity theft, get some identity theft protection. I know a lot of you have that. And by the way, I will tell you your ID shield should be updated um, with our new reputation management stuff. So you can um, look into that get in touch with me. If you're already a member and you need more info on that. Okay. Um, And then of course, uh, Connie is super cool. I met Connie in person. This is I actually met Connie on a network meeting and I um, recently met her in person this past week. She came up from Knoxville because that's where she lives. And, um, and so we'll let her say a couple of words about Arbonne, her products. And if you're interested in uh, getting some of her products, I highly recommend you check it, check it out. Okay.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Connie Summe.
4: I'm an independent consultant with Arbonne International. Just wanted to take a minute to share with you about our amazing products. We have vegan certified shakes, our skincare is really clean and so is our makeup. We also have non toxic products for your babies. So check out my website, conniesummy.com, for more information and how to get a hold of me.
3: So that is conniesummy.com, c o n n i e s u m m e y.com. Conniesummy.com. Connie Go there, check it out. She is, she is sweet. She's a super um, cool believer as well. Um, and, um, really sweet. I mean, I totally met her. I watched her do two presentations this past week uh, and um, you know, she's got nutritious products and she's got some uh, um, skincare and all that. So you can learn more at her website so go check that out. Okay. Alright, so we've got time probably for one more caller. Uh, so if anybody in the audience still wants to call in, you're going to have to call that phone number up there or down there three, one, two, six, two, six, six, seven, nine, nine. And then you have to put in that ID number as well. (laughs) Sorry about that. Uh, That's pretty much the only way we can do it at this point. Um, So I'll give you a chance to do that. I want to read you one article. um, If you know, I'm waiting for anybody else to call in Uh, my Mia. Actually, she left. Hopefully she comes back. Uh, Mia sent me this article. Actually, I saw it on her Facebook um, this is from the Family Research Council. Of course, now I got the spinning beach ball of death on my computer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I gotta wait for the spinning beach ball of death to stop so I can read the screen. Okay, anyway, so it's called "Like a Tweet, Lose a Lease," and I can actually take those headset off. I don't need them because I don't have anybody on the line with me. Um, it's "Like a Tweet, L- Lose a Lease" by Tony Perkins. Most people don't scroll through their Twitter feed thinking a few simple clicks will change their life, but for Birmingham Pastor Charles Hodges, who's been a friend of mine for years, a handful of likes were all it took to make the biggest church in Alabama homeless. You keep getting knocked out, okay, Stephen? Um, did you write down the phone number? Are you gonna Are you gonna try to call in? You should call in. Write down the phone number and then the the meeting ID code. <laughs> And, okay, he's he's on there. Maybe I'll just send it to him privately. Well, anyway, let me read this article. We'll figure this out. Okay, so I will start over. Okay. Well, anyway, it says here, you can lose your lease a lot of ways if you fall behind on payments, abuse the property, or follow conservative media. Like most people, Chris Hodges probably didn't think a quick tap of support for posts on Donald Trump Or China's role in the coronavirus would amount to much of anything. Turns out he was wrong. A local English teacher decided to catalog Hodges' likes and share them with the press. Little did anyone know it would be the beginning of the end of the church's service at two local high schools. Now, before I even read the rest of this, let me ask you this. Who has time? Seriously, who has time to stalk somebody's social media, catalog it, and then go to the press if it, if there's no agenda. Okay, just saying. Anyway, I do not attend Church of the Highlands. Teacher Jasmine Clusby said openly, and she insisted I can't see into Pastor Chris Hodges's heart, but his support for what she considered quote culturally insensitive unquote views is quote troubling unquote. I would be set. A, I would be upset if it comes off as me. As judging him, she said, without a hint of irony. I'm not saying he's a racist, but thanks to a smear campaign, the Birmingham Board of Education is. On Tuesday night, members voted to abruptly terminate the church's lease, ending a six-year relationship that brought the city almost a million dollars in revenue. Thanks to this ridiculous complaint, Parker and Woodlawn High Schools will no longer be home to a diverse congregation of 60,000. But unfortunately for the needy people of Alabama, that's just the beginning. Because of this manufactured controversy, the church's Christ Health Clinic will also be banned from operating, according to the Birmingham Housing Authority, who also decided Monday to ban volunteer workers. Commissioners agreed, their statement said, that Pastor Hodges' views did not reflect those of the Housing Authority and its residents, H-A-B-D, and Campus of Hope staff, Will continue to work with other faith based organizations in the community to identify resources that will replace the services that were provided. Starting immediately, the church is banned from the city's public housing communities. That means no more free COVID testing, no more free mentoring, health, or social service ministry, all because Pastor Chris dared to do what millions of Americans do every day engage on social media. Even more incredibly, Both councils went ahead with these mob tactics, despite the pastor's sincere apologies, which, in most people's opinion, weren't even necessary. If supporting Donald Trump is now grounds for eviction, then America is about to have a lot of empty properties on its hands. And yet, Pastor Hodges did the humble and gracious thing, telling his congregation and the community that that he was sorry for any hurt he caused. He called it a mistake. He said he owned it. He pledged to never mindlessly scroll again and explained how he was trying to use his influence to heal the hurts of those these difficult times to where I would say he was wrong in apologizing. I think this man should not have apologized personally. He should have allowed, I mean, what the, he doesn't have anything to apologize for. But anyway. None of that mattered to the mob, who who not only ignored Pastor Chris's work in their neighborhoods, but the church is standing in the minority community. At least a third of the Highlands congregations are Black and Hispanic. If anything, Hodges was respected for fighting for the disenfranchised, for preaching about healing and reconciliation. As recently as last Sunday, he called the city to mutual understanding, peace, and prayer. But in this cancel culture, those 20 years of bridge building don't matter to liberals bent on burning down any platform but their own. And unfortunately for Birmingham, their intolerance doesn't just affect the Church of the Highlands. It affects thousands of hurting neighborhoods who leaned on Church of the Highlands for help it couldn't get anywhere else. These are the same people the left wants us to believe they care about. The children, minorities, and poor. But in the end, we know they'll always care about punishing Christians more. We've seen it in the adoption debate, the foster care debate, even the virus outreach. Now, to no one's surprise, they're willing to let Birmingham families suffer over a handful of likes. Imagine if we held everyone by that standard. If we come through these public servants' accounts, what would we find? Political objectivity or the raging hatred and bitterness that's led to these baseless attacks? I would love for you, Pastor Hodges urged, To not just look at a microscopic zoom in, but look at the the totality of 37 years of ministry and 19 years as a church. If you look at that, it will be abundantly clear that we value every person. Unfortunately for Birmingham and so many others, the left cannot say the same. So you got one opportunist activist trolling an account, counting likes, reporting it. And then going to the media and shutting down a ministry that was helping tons in the minority communities. Thank you very much, person. Yeah. <sighs> Randall, what do you think of that story? Is that that's that is the epitome of whatever.
2: Yeah. Um Am I surprised? No. Am I disappointed? Yes. I mean this. Yeah, that is sort of the way things are going. You know, the so-called, you know, cut off your nose to spite your face sort of thing. It's like, well, so what? That these people are, forget that it's almost a million dollars of revenue to the city. Forget that there are people, you know, with getting health service and everything at at no cost to the city who will now put a strain on. Government resources. It doesn't matter. The fact that there was a pastor, a pastor of a church, who represents the entire congregation, because after all, he's the head pastor. He likes some tweets that um, that show he's a conservative bigot, or uh, you know, or, or uh, you know, or worse yet, a conservative Christian. I mean, like, they didn't know that. He's a pastor of a church, you know, been ministering in the community for 37 years. The church's been around for 19 of those 37 years. But, yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah, they'll burn down the, you know, whole house if it, you know, you have a Christian sat in it or something. You know, it's like.
3: So, and the person that did that said that they weren't meaning to offend or whatever. But, but, but so, let's look at.
2: I hope at, it doesn't come with me judging him. L-
3: that's what let's let's do it. Doctor Chaps always says, "Let's discern the spirits yes. here." You know. So, what was the spirit behind that person doing that?
2: Um, um, I don't know. Certainly, probably has something to do with envy or, um.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, Periscope is is kicking people out. It's very irritating. Mia, thank you for um for putting that. Phyllis, I see you over there too. Wait, I'm on Facebook. Yeah, I got that story from Mia. Mia, just so you know. Wow. Mija, that's what you are. You're a Mija. That's a Mexican thing, I think. Right.
2: Spanish term. Are of you an, Spanish? Spanish term of is endearment. Is she
3: Spanish? You're not Spanish, are you? Your mommy and dad are though, huh? The ones that, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Your mama. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's Spanish term of endearment. Uh, I worked a place where uh, one of my coworkers called Mijo, of course, because the. Well,
3: Mia came to our house with a gun, so gotta be nice to her because she could shoot us if she wanted. Yeah, she could.
2: Mija, (laughs) Mijo. You you know, (laughs) parents parents will say that to their children, or just although she
3: she won't because Tug ate most of her food. That's our happy memory yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, just um of course, this is one you know one side of the story reported, but um
3: usually it's pretty accurate, yeah. though
2: it's mm-hmm. just it's just it's just crazy, yeah, and and not only these services apparently this church has their own campus, but it was they had satellite campuses. That were rented high schools. Yeah, it was 60,000 people. people.
3: That's like bigger Um, than our city. They have more people in that church than is in our city.
2: It's like we can't have people with those views renting these high schools. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's in a city charter somewhere.
3: Uh, Mia means like daughter. Yeah. Um, You are my daughter. Are you like my outfit, people? Just be honest. Do you like it? I I layered today. <laughs> you know what? I have a, I have not that it matters, but I have this tank top that goes with this thing. I have no idea where it went, so now I'm just trying other shirts under it. So I don't know. Anyway, that's just me being weird. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Alright, is there anything else I need to say? Does anybody else want to come on the show and you're just having a hard time getting in because of weird things? Because I know Steven um, was trying to get in.
2: Okay, I haven't had the numbers up for a while.
3: Steven Black, but wait. So I need to...
2: We're going to come up with a better solution. Yeah,
3: we'll have to come up with this a better This is an
2: on-the-fly. How do we get people?
3: Okay, I so know. tomorrow night, I have, to be, I have to share this. Tomorrow night is one of my local friend's birthdays. And she's having a birthday party. And we're going out to dinner with her. Okay. Just saying. Uh, And Randall was like saying to me, what about our show? I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Bad. I I mean, her dinner thing starts at 6.30. Our show starts at 7. (laughs) So, so, yeah, we're going to go to my friend's party tomorrow, just so you know. And uh, so that means we gotta do our show at a different time, <laughs> so I was thinking mm, i I was thinking the afternoon like at noon or something uh so, what do you guys think? Do you think if I did a show in the afternoon, anybody would come to it uh it's kind of hard, it's hard to know it's a Saturday afternoon on a I don't know if it's gonna rain or not, but but uh, I will. Um. wait for your response I guess it shouldn't matter you can always watch the archive except people don't like to watch the archive because it's more fun when I'm live you know it yeah you do and by the way on the race thing just one last comment on that I happen to know one, two, three three actually and maybe even more that I'm thinking of maybe four, uh, couples where a white person is married to a black person, white women. I know two white women married to two black men. I know one white guy married to a white, to a black woman. Um, and if you, I mean, if you just look at black and white, you know, it is so common. And it's people who are older, like in my age group, and people that are younger. I know some in their 30s, they did this. And I'm like, okay, so in the olden days, that was totally unheard of. You couldn't even do that because if you did, you were shunned by society.
2: Ridiculous.
3: Yeah, I think it's ridiculous for sure.
2: I think think interracial marriages are a very good thing health-wise. You yeah. know, because after the and tower the babies of, are beautiful. Yeah, after the Tower of Babel, you know, and everybody kind of segregated into their own little gene pools. We have, we have, uh, we have diseases that are common amongst ethnic groups, and and I and I'm I'm no um, what do you call it? Doctor. Um, yeah, genealogist. Doctor. <laughs> well, not genealogist. Genealogists just study. Trees about the study um, geneticists. Yeah. You're not
3: an ornithologist, are you?
2: Ornithologist? No, I am not. I knew that. Um,
3: I married you, remember? Yeah. Look, and he's black and I'm white.
2: I'm darker. You're, I mean, look at him. Doesn't he, doesn't
3: he look... You know what? Do you know how I feel? that such a comment coming from a man of darker color. I have no light shining on me. I have blush I put on my face just so you could see that I have cheeks. Otherwise, I'd be so white. You know, I'm sick of people pointing out how white I am. Just saying. Do you know what it's like to go through color as a white person this white?
2: No, I've jokes. done that. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. And the fact that I have a black person's hair doesn't help matters because I'm a whitey with black people's hair yeah uh, okay, yeah, what is the code again? Okay, hold on. We gotta find the code. Yeah, put that up. I think Natasha wants to call in. We killed enough time for Natasha to call in. Okay, you see it there it is.
2: It's complicated,
3: yeah, it is, okay, so the number the do you want me to type it in for you? Can you read the screen or should I type it in? Nine three four, I think that's what it says. Four two seven, four two seven, four five nine. This is, I know this is fun, isn't it? 9-3, nine, three, nine, three. Boom, there you go. All right, I'll watch the screen and see if you come on. And if you do, I got to get my headset. And Natasha sent me a black cabbage patch doll, <laughs> cause I wanted it, and it was cute, and it still is cute. I'm gonna can, make her.
2: Can I admit? I'm it's... gonna
3: I'm gonna make her a. Yeah. Wait. I'm getting the. Uh, wait, hold on a minute.
2: Option to admit.
3: Oh, I made you. Okay, there it is. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I did it. So okay. is this Natasha? Wait, I can't hear anything.
2: Uh, hold on. Let me. Um...
3: Well, it's because I don't have a headset in.
2: Well, okay. that and that I don't have the uh, channel up.
3: Oh, wait. It's still connecting. Wait. Are you there?
0: Go Hello. Ahead.
3: Yeah, I hear you. Hi, Natasha. Hello. Hello. It works. Yeah, it did. It's about time you called in. Well, sorry. I had to finish dinner
1: <laughs> and take a towel and ball for my shoulder. Gotcha. I hear
3: you. My shoulder hurts too, believe me. I talked to a physical therapist today about it.
1: Mm. Yes, um, physical therapy really is nice. So, yes, I'm calling it And So, what would you like to know or ask? I know the gentleman before me he had a lot of good things to say, and I agreed with a lot of what he said. So, and I appreciated what he said.
3: Okay, so you're a black woman, right? Yes. Okay, so just so people know, we have a diverse audience. (laughs) And where do you live? What state you live in?
1: Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. I'm in Rochester, so if they know Mayo Clinic, then they'll know Rochester.
3: Okay, so, all right, so we want your perspective on the news of the day. You know, basically the whole racism. What's your take on this whole thing? Because you know mine, and it's probably ill informed compared to yours because you're way smarter than me. But go ahead.
1: No, we are all learning. Yeah, so, we are. Um, me, um, well, and what's, what's your background?
0: Tell everybody, race,
3: tell everybody your background, too, because that way they know your background.
1: I grew up in uh, Rochester, being one of uh, five. Uh, students of color up until high school in the mid-90s. And that's when more diversity started moving into uh, the state of Minnesota. So I started seeing more Asians, more Somalis, um, more people um, from the continent of Africa, things like that. I was still one of about, oh, I would say 20 people of color in my graduating class. 425 Uh, when my brother graduated seven years later uh, we could not uh, count how many people of color were in his graduating class of uh, over 500. Wow. So um, diversity really um, started coming heavily into the state starting in the mid 90s and um, still is up until now these many years later. Uh, Growing up it um, it
0: wasn't
1: it wasn't awkward for me. Um, I didn't experience uh, racism, so to speak, in the classroom. I just experienced awkwardness, and what I mean by awkwardness is everybody wanted to know what um, part of the United States that was from. It was hard for them to believe that I was born and raised in Minnesota. You know, uh, they thought that I was either from Chicago or from New York or from California. Hmm. And then they would always ask them, what do you? what does it feel like being one of a few people of color, especially black women, um, in the school system? And I would look at them like they had lobsters crawling out of their ears. I'm like, what do you mean? Um, what does it feel like? I feel fine. Um, I don't feel any different. Um, When I was, uh, and this was throughout school, what's interesting was when I was getting ready to enter seminary and you have to do a series of interviews before you enter into uh, seminary. One of the ladies who interviewed me was very upset with me that I did not choose the seminary in Chicago. Instead, I wanted to go to Luther Seminary in St. Paul. And I said, what reason would I go to a seminary two states away when there's one right here an hour and a half away? Well, you know, we want you to be able to fit in. And uh, Luther Seminary is, you know, predominantly white. It's not as diverse. And we think that you'll fit in better in Chicago. And I said, no, you don't understand. It would be weird for me to be in a diverse area because that's not how I grew up. I grew up only seeing white America. I would feel out of place if I went to the seminary in Chicago. And she was very adamant about me going to Chicago, but my decision prevailed and I went to Luther Seminary, St. Paul, and had a wonderful uh, education and experience there. Now, having said that, getting into the race thing, I also had uh, white and black friends alike tell me that the reason why my years in seminary was very smooth was because of my light skin and blue eyes. That hmm. had a been darker with brown eyes. I would have experienced what the other students were, were complaining about. And I go, what do you mean? What are they complaining about? Well, the professors don't work with them. They're short with them. Um, they're very disrespectful in a lot of ways. I remember several times sitting down with a dean of students, and she would ask me about certain things in the in the campus. Have you experienced X, Y, and Z? I have not. Um, and when I talk to the people of people of color there, be it Black, Asian, whomever, they they said, well, the reason why you're getting a pass, that's what they call it, a pass, and not uh, having any problems is because you look more like us. And if you were dark like us, you wouldn't you wouldn't be saying these things. You would be having the exact same problems as we are. How did you feel about that? So, well, it, it angered me. Mm-hmm. Because I work very hard. Um, for my grades in school. I worked very hard in seminary. And to me, the professors recognized the fact that I put effort into my work. Right. It had nothing to do with my skin color. And to, to have somebody to insinuate that the only way, the only reason that I am getting excellent grades is because of my skin color. You know, to heck with my brain. Right. The heck with me working hard the heck with me studying hard the heck with me actually doing the work um you know it's all about because you look like it the reason why you're getting a pass
3: now i i will say okay just stop there just for a second i will say you know you know i have a master's degree too right and what i will say yes. is i have never experienced that so that is something you know that I can honestly say I have never experienced having a professor or anybody say that, number one, I should go someplace else because it's more white, and number two, um, imply that the reason I succeeded was because I'm white. So, and I think that that's wrong. I think that, um, I think people that do that are idiots, (laughs) just plain and simple, just so you know, um. I probably could have learned to say that a little more gentle, but I'm from New York, so. I
1: think. Well, I got in trouble, um, not only with friends, but with um, uh, and some, some people in my family when I was debating affirmative action, when I started investigating what affirmative action is, and
0: I started investigating. And I said,
1: okay, to my understanding, what affirmative action is, is that you, there is a requirement that is written into law that says a certain percentage of an institution has to be people of color, whether it's a school district or a college or a university, grad school or what have you. Um, And I was told yes, and I said, so let me get this straight, the only reason I'm going to be accepted into a university.
0: It's because they have to fill a quota. Well, yes.
1: Because otherwise, they will just only have white students. And I said, do you know how insulting that is to me? I understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. I do know that racism exists at the colleges and universities. I get it. And you have to have a stipulation. But at the same time, it's insulting to me. I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to be a percentage that the only reason you accepted me into Georgetown or or any type of college university is because you just had to fill a quota.
3: Now, I did see that. I did see this. I did see this issue at my Christian school that I went to. I did see that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so and And they looked at me, they're like, well, I understand what you mean, but you wouldn't get in otherwise. I said, okay. Um, And again, I didn't have to experience something like that where I had to say, hey, affirmative action says you have to have a certain percentage of people of color there. Thankfully, um, I didn't have to um, experience that. But at the same time, when I look at this at racism as a whole, knowing um, that there's still places in the U.S. where I can't go, no matter how light-skinned I am, I just cannot go. Because people forget that the rule from slavery, one drop of black blood and you're black, still does exist. It never was abolished. Um, But... I mean, racism does exist. Systemic racism does exist. Um, as I do more research, as I listen to my parents talk about Jim Crow, uh, growing up in a very, you know, segregated society, hoses being turned on you, dogs being turned on you, and while we may not see uh, that today, you know, you see it in subtle ways. Otherwise, you see it in uh, police brutality. You see it in mass incarceration. You see it in redlining. Um, so to say that racism does not exist... What's redlining? I don't know what that is. Redlining is where a certain housing district is partitioned off um, as being um, very very uh, they they it should not, this is, this is bad property. It's really not good, it's not good real estate. So we're just going to uh, give it to people whose credit is bad or people of color, okay. you know, because we don't want anybody else um, coming in uh, these areas. So if you Google it right now, a lot of the redlining districts are by power plants where you have high rates of cancer or high rates of other disease because they're, they're around these power plants that feel pollution into the air. Or they're around a waste plant that's pouring chemicals in their water, but they don't care because it's a poor area. And, you know, this is just really bad real estate. So we're just going to let the fringes the of society have that red line. Okay. It started back in the 50s where they wanted to keep white neighborhoods white, black neighborhoods black.
0: So,
1: um, and yeah. there's more to it than that. I just gave you the overview.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you for so, informing me about that. Cause I didn't know about
0: that. that I
1: yes. <laughs> um, so th- I, w- I will say this: there's, um, a pastor that I highly respect and he made a very good statement and I know a lot of people didn't like what he had to say, but he helped me see things in another perspective in light of this, what happened to, uh, george floyd which was a very very heinous crime murder and a tragedy um he said we need to realize that not only is there racism outside of the black community there's also racism within the black community no one says it's not saying much about the black on black front where's the outcry of uh, and Bloods and other gangs running through neighborhoods and doing drive-by shoots. Where's the
3: outcry I, I, I have a question. Do you have your Do you have your um, computer playing us in the background? Because I'm going to echo behind you. Um, are you hearing the echo, bareface?
2: Yeah, it just might be because the uh, just the phone situation. It's not okay. I just very... want to
3: make sure. Um, you know, it's interesting that you brought that up <clears throat> because when I was in grad school my friend Kia, whose birthday is actually today. Um, we were in a cultural diversity class and, uh, Kia had talked to us about, well, well, okay. We were broken into groups and we were supposed to talk about our experiences with racism and stuff. And so I shared, um, I actually shared when I was a child, um, when we first moved to California, my, my mother was extremely prejudiced, especially against black people. And so was my uncle. They were both very abusive. They were very vulgar. And Mm -hmm. on my eighth birthday, um, my mom and uncle had invited a lot of people to my party. And, um, there were some black girls that were at the party and, Because all I saw and heard was the derogatory n-word, I made a comment to these girls that that's what they were. And as a result, I got my butt beat in front of everybody, completely humiliated. It was one of the most traumatic incidences ever in my entire life. And I very rarely have talked about it because my parent taught me bad things that I didn't know were bad. And then humiliated and beat the crap out of me in front of them on my birthday. My eighth birthday. And then took away my skateboard, which was my present. And, you know, and so I shared this with Kia in in my thing. And, you know, from that point on, you know, that the lesson that I was taught by my parents, which were very abusive anyway, was that... You know, you never call anybody of any race, anything, derogatory ever. You know, I mean, you just don't, right?
2: Not in public, anyway.
3: Well, yeah, not in public, right? (laughs) But anyway, I mean, you just don't. I don't, right? Well, Kia told me, because, you know, because I was being very vulnerable sharing that story, because it's one of the most traumatic things in my life. And um, so then Kia told me, she said, well, Stacey, didn't you know that in the black community we call each other that sometimes because of the race on race issues within the black community. And I said, mm-hmm. I had no idea. And she said, Oh yeah. And then she went on oh. to educate me in cultural diversity class about how darks you know, dark blacks versus light blacks and, and and that whole war. And then even even how, you know, the speakings, you know, with the I hope that's the right word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, versus you know, I've heard some white, um, some black guys that I know who are highly educated and accountants and finance guys. You know, talk about well, hey, you know, I'm educated. I talk this way. I don't talk with Ebonics, you know, <laughs> or whatever. I have never right. had to deal with that as a white person. I've, I have never had to go. Oh, I talk well because I've been educated. But that type of um, what do you call inter race issue. I have seen that discussed in the black community, Um, but I didn't know about it until a black person actually told me about it. And then I moved here to Tennessee, you know, like all these years later, I moved to Tennessee. I go to a water aerobics class where there's a couple of black ladies in there. Me and you know, we become friends. We're doing jumping up and down and everything. And I am awkward because I don't know, like, am I supposed to refer to them as, as black or African-American? I have no clue. You know, because some people get pissed off. It's like, well, I'm not African American. I don't want to be called black. I'm like, okay, well, uh okay. So I actually asked one of my friends I go like, well, what am I supposed to do? And this woman, to to my face in the water, she says she turns around to me. She says, one thing you never want to say to a black woman is anything about her hair because we wear lots of wigs, and you just don't want to say anything about her hair. <laughs> I was He's like, actually,
1: right. Isn't
3: it? <laughs> I know, but I'm like, okay, I had. I had no idea, you know, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Cause I've always bonded over my hair with black women because my hair is so big. And so is the mm-hmm. rest of me, you know, but anyway, um, yeah. So, okay. I just want to say. Well,
1: and to just kind of piggyback on that, um, and you're actually right. I don't care what color you are. And I, I told black people this: don't ever call me the N word. Don't ever call me the B word. You know, um,
3: call you the H word. Uh, You're the, the what now? The H word. You're human.
1: Yeah, so that's not the H word that sometimes I hear. <laughs> it, it's um, it, it's you know, it's the it's the V word, the N word, and the H word. Um, liken it to a garden tool, if you know what I mean. Yeah,
3: but um, but that word starts with a W, actually. I know, but in the black community they shave oh. it off. Oh yeah, yeah. So,
1: right. Gotcha. So um <laughs> but and so and I told people that I, I said you get angry when a white person calls you it. You don't think anything of it when <laughs> somebody of color calls you that. Right. And I don't like the word period. I don't like it. It is derogatory. Yeah, it is. And I don't care who says it, it is derogatory. And What's interesting, I was watching, uh, along with the same pastor, um, he and I were kind of discussing the funeral of uh, Mr. Uh, George Floyd and some of the celebrities that had attended and some of them were rappers. Yep. And, and I'm thinking, okay, I've listened to some of these rappers' music. And some of the violence that I hear, uh, some of the you know, the the violence, the the N word, H word, B word, all of that is in their lyrics. And this is being um broadcast to our children. So all if all they're gonna hear is things like all cops are bad, you know, all they should they we should kill them all. If all they're gonna hear is burn buildings down and your mother was a H, the H word and um, your father was a rolling stone and all if that's all you're hearing. That's what they're going to live out. Right. It's all that's what they're hearing. And I said, and these are in your lyrics in the black community. And I said, so please, you know, if you are going to talk about person A over here doing these things, and you're doing the exact same thing. When are you going to take the log out of your eye before you take the speck out of the other man's eye? Yeah. And I, um, so I mean, there's a, like I say, the whole issue of raising racism is very complex. Yeah. And there's some things I'm very passionate um, about. I do believe there's a lot of things in the black community that needs to be improved. I do think some voices have been silent as a result. Um, and some things about race needs to be discussed, restructuring needs to happen in uh, police departments, and restructuring needs to happen within the black community and other communities as well. But if we're going to look at a picture, we need to look at the whole picture, not just one aspect of it. If you look in a forest, yes, there's said there's more than just one tree. There's several trees. There's several life, um, wildlife there. You know, there. There's more to it. Um, than just the one-way avenue that we keep promoting. Um, so, you know, I hope I'm making sense in what I'm saying. But You, you are.
3: You're one of the most sound-thinking um, people that I know, just so you know. I missed it. I'm sorry. What did you say? Ah, the compliment. I said you're one of the most sound-thinking sound, sound thinking people that I know. I mean, that's why that's why I love sound you thinking, so much. Okay. Yeah, because, cause, you know, for me, I'd rather have – Okay, you and you saw my Facebook question earlier this week about having Black Lives Matters people asking if they stand with the Jews. And that question wasn't meant to highlight anti-Semitism as much as it was to find out who would realize that the black community isn't the only community that's been a victim of racism. That was truly my reason for posting that. And I had a couple of black folk get really ticked off at me and call me some names <laughs> I'm like, okay, what? you know, that's all right. And I had a couple other people um, voice their opinion. And, you know, what I found interesting is that, and, and you know this, especially as a higher educated person, you know that intelligent people talk about ideas. Foolish people call right. names, you know, and... And most people, though, follow the media and they don't think for themselves. They don't read. They don't do any research. You know, they just spew this stuff. And I think that's part of the problem with with um. our youth, unfortunately, because they don't think. Right? Most of
1: them don't think. Now, Stephen, I well, know... Well, you know, we have smarter devices and they're making... And the smarter devices are dumbing us down.
3: Yeah. Now, um... Uh... Steven has been making comments agreeing with you in Periscope. I don't know if you wanted to try to get on the on the show, Steve, if you wanted to do that. Um, and then QT Lady, which I forgot your first name, because you need to put it in your profile so I remember, remember what it is, because I keep forgetting it. Because I'm at that age, people. Yeah, I am. Natasha's not quite there yet, but, <laughs> but I am. Um... <laughs> Yeah, cutie lady said, if you are X Y Z color, it doesn't mean that you necessarily heard that kind of music. Um, well, I can tell you, I you know get on TikTok sometimes, and I follow a couple of people' sons on that platform, and some of the rap crap that I have heard. I mean, I heard one song about man putting his you know what in, in his girlfriend's mouth, and I'm like, this is a Christian boy playing this this clip and making faces about it, I'm like, as raunchy as the music was for me growing up, it was never like that growing up. I'm like, I I don't even know what the heck.
0: So,
1: Well, just the other night, I was at um, a gas station, and a guy had his music blasting, and I became really angry and offended by it because this man, out loud, blasting music, was talking about women he, he was talking to his girlfriend and of course he was calling her all kinds of you know names you know the b and the h word and if you don't act right i'm going to sell you because you're nothing but a piece of trash and then i'll buy you mm-hmm. back because maybe that uh, pimp doesn't want you and you better be glad that and i'm thinking excuse me you know i mean telling a woman that she's nothing but a piece of trash and all she's worth is what he can get out of her by selling her on the screen. Right. This is, in the, this is in the lyrics that children are hearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, I know.
3: I worked in a domestic violence and shelter. And then when they acted out,
1: <laughs> then, then we're shaking our hands like, oh, what happened? You know, so.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I worked, and, I, I worked in a domestic violence shelter that took in prostitutes and drug addicts and pretty much anybody that nobody else wanted. Uh, for three years. And I was the house therapist for that place. And, you know, I mean, I remember uh, seeing a woman come in who had been beaten up pretty bad, you know, black eyes, you name it, the whole thing that you normally would see in a, you know, lifetime television for women special. Uh, Right. (laughs) Which, you know, I'm like, who the hell programs lifetime television for women? But anyway, um, you know, just sitting there and talking to people. And it's, it's the tragedy of our of people, you know it, I, it just yeah, in my short my footness, bring it on people beat the crap out of you for beating another person, you know I mean that is where mm-hmm. I, I I don't get offended easy, but I get when it comes to stuff like that, I get mad, and what I get even madder about is when people get more upset over animal abuse than they do when people abuse. You know, nobody should abuse an animal, but the outrage sometimes against the animal um, is is way more than a human being. I mean, going back to the book of Jonah, like I was talking about earlier, God was upset or Jonah was upset because of a plant, not the people. And I think God was trying to like, like smack him one and say, hey, get a clue,
1: (laughs) you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, if you Google um, animal hospitals or animal emergency rooms or what have you, there are more animal shelters than there are shelters for, and I'm just not going to say just the women's shelter because I know men are abused as well, right as well as children. I'm just going say shelters right. for people. Um, there are more animal shelters than there are shelters for people. And about, Oh, this happened about 15 years ago and i wish i had kept the article it was from ann landers where a woman had written in and she she's an advocate for women um especially uh women in uh minority communities uh, but in this case she was upset with a judge in her area because a gentleman had been arrested for beating up his girlfriend and beating up his girlfriend's dog and she said, but the kicker was, the judge fined this gentleman $2,000 for beating up his girlfriend, who happened to be pregnant, by the way. He also fined him, on the same token, $20,000 for beating up the dog. So his pregnant girlfriend is only worth $2,000. Yeah. The dog was worth 20 hmm what's yeah. wrong with this picture yeah when if you and it all comes and you're right it all comes to full circle and a pastor friend of mine was on scope earlier and he said it beautifully uh, pastor Brian is his name uh, but it, it's all how we view ourselves if we don't see ourselves as unique and beautiful and God created and that we are special we are unique we are uh born with certain gifts and talents that the world needs if we if we don't value ourselves you're not going to value your neighbor you're not going to because you don't see any value in yourself so if you don't see yourself as human and valuable what reason would i see you as human and valuable right and that's where it needs to uh start really is saying that, you know what? It's okay that you are a white person. Celebrate you being Swedish or Norwegian, German, or what have you. Celebrate being white. There's nothing wrong with that. Celebrate being Black. There's nothing wrong with that. Celebrate being Native American. Celebrate being uh, Somali, Asian, whomever. Because um, we're all, you know, we're all of God's children. And You know, it's a shame that just some people don't see that. Yeah. Some people still see that they are superior to other races or they're superior to other classes of people. And um, and unfortunately, that will not end until Jesus returns. Yeah. As long as there's a human race, you're going to have people who will cause some sort of division. And it's unfortunate. And what I appreciate about the Poor People's Campaign is that they're saying, look, poverty doesn't know any color. We need to start working together. You know, oh, yeah. hunger is hunger. It's, you know, disease doesn't know color. That's true. You know, disease is disease. So we need to start, you know, stop stop, you know, battling each other out here and start coming together with a better plan. Well, that's why because I, as long as the enemy can get us, you know, to battle it out and keep it divided, you know, we're not going to do the work of the church. Right. So that's my little two cents.
3: Well, it's a great two cents. I love you. Just so you know. And I love you too. I know you do. Cause you have to, cause you love me. <laughs> it's hard not to, right? <laughs> You're adorable. Who
0: wouldn't
1: want to love you? Oh, there's a few people. Well, I, I know. And I know there are a few people who don't like me. And you know what? I'm not going to be like that English teacher and count how many likes you do and report you to the news. So don't worry about that. Right.
3: Me. All right. We're getting old. I mean, we're getting tired. I mean, and I'm tired. I think Randall wants to read something out of the Bible. So.
2: Well, you can read That's it. Take
3: away, Randall. Well, thank you for having me on. Okay, I'll read it. How far do you want me to read?
2: Um, from from nine to verse nine to the end of the chapter.
1: Okay, I'll hang up. Okay, (laughs)
2: sorry.
0: (laughs) Love
1: you and Randall both. Stay awake. Likewise.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying. I'm not as young as I used to be. Okay. A multitude from the great tribulation. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come up out of the great tribulation and wash their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more, nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes." That was the Bible, people. Go. Yeah, it was. Did you want to say something about that?
2: I think it speaks for itself. But you know, we're looking. The answers aren't in this political party or that political party or this policy or um, anything like that. You know, where we find a unity is in Christ. Yeah. You know, that great multitude which no one can number from all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues. And what is their cry with a loud voice? That salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne, the Lamb. And, uh, and where did they come from? Did they come from this side of town or that side of the tracks? Or did they come from, you know, this city or that country? No. These are the ones that came out of the Great Tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him night and day in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them that whereas they're identified of being people of all nations, tribes, and tongues uh where they're from is where they're from is from they came out of the great tribulation, they washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb and so. That's how they were identifying those who washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And and when the focus is on the creator of all, and the one to whom salvation belongs and comes from, then everything else falls in order, I believe.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, that's we see that, right? I do. I mean, I don't have any... I don't know, I don't I don't have any problems in my life with people of different nations or colors or creeds. Or tongues. Tongues. I have problems with butt heads, but <laughs> just saying butt heads come in all colors.
2: <laughs> That's for sure. That
3: was supposed to be funny people.
2: Shapes and sizes.
3: Right. Um Yeah. Um so tomorrow, uh, we're gonna right. I will announce on my text message list. If you're not on my text message list, join it. Uh, go ahead and text Bible News to 33222 and, and put your phone number in there. You'll, you'll get, you know, um, you'll get a message from me. Also, that message will tell you what time we're going to do our show tomorrow. Because <laughs> we haven't quite decided that yet. But, you know, I am going to my friend's birthday party. So we're going to have Mexican food. La, 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 la. Yeah, we are. Tomorrow, I love Mexican food people. It's one of my favorites.
2: Mexican food, people.
3: Yeah, Mexican food's awesome. I'm, and where oh. we're going, it's going to be super good because we've eaten there before. And you can get a Cedar, and Cedar Citizen discount. Yeah, you can. I can. He can. I can't. But, you know, just saying. I should use the white thing. Can I save two cents because I got white hair, people? And someday, hey, someday, one of the. Someday my glasses are going to show up, my new ones. So I'll be able to see people. I'll be able to read and all that. <laughs> like my, trees walking. My eyes are tired. Yeah, they are. My whole my whole body is tired actually. I played two hours of pickleball today. Pretty much nonstop without much break. <laughs> <sighs> so, with all that said, hopefully tonight's show, if you stayed for it and watched the whole thing, hopefully it ministered to you or made you think. Hopefully you found it respectful. Uh, You know, we had Sean call in, who has a black wife, and and we had Natasha call in, who's white. I mean, black. She's black. (laughs) She's a light black. Yeah, she is. And does it really matter? Not really. In the long run, it does not. None of this matters, people. But um, you got kicked off. Well, you know, maybe you should try YouTube, because we're on YouTube, and I don't know. But anyway. Anyway, so we'll uh, let our text message and list know what time the show will be tomorrow. And we will um, post it on Facebook, too. So, um, so just watch that. And I hope you have a good night, people. People. Remember, as I always say, be bold. Truly. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. And go out there and tell other people that God loves them because he really does. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing.